nervous. We, we haven't had an actual guest on. It's just been <laughs> so, yeah. I'm kind of like disassociating right now. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, it's totally fine. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, okay, well, I think we're ready to go. Um, well, thank you for coming. Uh, this is the fifth episode of Magnolia House. We're here with Sarah Yurden of Catholic Charities. Um, yeah, do you want to just say a little bit about your... Uh, what you do and what your title technically would be? Sure, absolutely. So um, my name is Sarah Yurden, and I have been with Catholic Charities for just over three years now. And I'm the director of marketing and communications. So I handle all of our marketing communications and our public relations. Oh, awesome. Um, we just wanted to talk about some of the um, services you guys offer. Um, maybe some that people typically wouldn't even know about. Um, I'm familiar with like Sisters Haven because um, my sister used to live in those uh, apartment complexes. And um, yeah. Catholic Charities has been around in this community since 1912. Wow. And we have 16 programs. And last year we served over 74,000 people throughout the 13 counties of Eastern Washington. Wow. So um, that is our service area. Nice. And our programs really range um, from serving, you know, infants in our childbirth and parenting assistance program and St. Anne's Children and Family Center, all the way up to our senior services that, you know, provide services for seniors such as transportation to um, doctor's appointments, grocery stores, you know, helping with household chores and yard work so that they can live with dignity in their home. Wow. Um, I think one of, you know, of course, people are very familiar with our housing um, yeah. program. Mm -hmm. So we have 29 uh, properties throughout our service area, and they serve families, uh, individuals who are experiencing homelessness, mm -hmm. seniors, veterans, um, individuals with disabilities. So a lot of times folks just think it's the apartments downtown. Yeah. Um, and it's really so much more. Um, we believe that every, you know, every family, every person mm -hmm. deserves uh, the dignity of sleeping inside, having a warm meal, getting access to a shower. And so that's why at the House of Charity, you know, we're a low barrier shelter that's serving everyone in need. Mm -hmm. So we are a housing first organization. And so basically what that means is that we believe that before anyone can solve problems like, you know, finding a job or, mm -hmm. um, getting um, getting childcare or connecting to resources that are available to them. If they don't know where they're gonna sleep at night, if yeah. they don't know where their family is gonna sleep at night, how you know how can you go to a job interview if you're carrying a backpack and your mm -hmm. suitcase that has all of your belongings? Right. And I think one of the programs that, you know, uh, folks really don't know about is our um, integrated case management. So our properties are permanent supportive housing properties, which means that people, once they move in, if they choose to, they can live there forever. And that oh, can be wow. their forever home. Yeah. Um, and we embed wraparound services on our properties to ensure that people are um, surrounded by supportive services. And so, sorry to interrupt you. What was that program called, though? Were there um, integrated case management. Oh. So on our properties, we have uh, case managers helping people. We have supportive employment. We have counseling. Mm -hmm. We have um, you know substance use disorder um, assistance. And we you know it's at some of our properties we have um, you know paint you know pre COVID of course yeah. but you know yeah, we yeah. have you know there's gardening clubs and painting clubs and you know it really um is building building community yeah. making people feel a part of something and that's you know that's going to give them purpose and that's going to want you know want them to to contribute and to yeah. and to be a part of that community nice. 
So I know Catholic Charities is also a, a national organization as well, or is there just a separate kind of entity that's a national and then there's a specific local chapter or how does that kind of work in terms of the structure? So Catholic Charities USA is um, an advocacy um, group. So they do a lot of lobbying in DC and they also uh, provide services, but every, so basically every um, diocese is going to have a Catholic Charities arm, which is going to do the social service work in that community. Yeah. Yeah. I think one way that you came to our attention um, is Tony has had some direct experience yeah. um, with his family and like benefiting from the services that Catholic Charities provides. Um, I um, we both lived in Seattle for a little while. I just moved back last year, and I did some community work working for a few nonprofits in Seattle. And when I came to Spokane, looking to do community work and looking at organizations to join, there was just so many like different parts of and like services that Catholic Charities provides. It was like. Do, like I was, I, I work with youth. Um, so right now I'm working at an organization that um, helps kids in the foster system um, that need extra support. Um, but I was kind of looking at what kind of different community engagement areas I could get into. And I was just noticing how much Catholic Charities does in Spokane. Um, do you feel like um, Catholic Charities really is kind of the big provider of those services in the community? Or do you see a lot of other big partners or other big organizations also in the in the community around us? Well, there's so many wonderful yeah. organizations in town, and we partner with many of them. Um, one of uh, a unique partnership that's coming up that's uh, been more visible is our newest family property. Um, it's called Gonzaga Family Haven. Have you heard of it? Yes, I yeah. Awesome. Okay, great. Let me tell you about it. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gonzaga Family Haven is a partnership between Catholic Charities, Gonzaga University, and Gonzaga Preparatory preparatory school and we are building a 72 unit affordable housing complex for families um, and ho- we're hoping that you know our families from our rising strong program which is our um, substance abuse program that is keeping families together as they're healing from uh, trauma and so we're hoping that that can be a pipeline in um, as well as our um, homeless family coordinated assessment which Catholic Charities runs for the city um, but uh, at Gonzaga Family Haven it's going to be located on the corner of uh, Foothills and Hamilton so right next to Gonzaga Prep that's right where I used to live and oh okay <laughs> we both used to go to Gonzaga we both went to Gonzaga Prep as well oh yeah. awesome awesome <laughs> yeah. what year did you graduate uh 2009 for me Oh, okay. Awesome. Um, I, um, so at Gonzaga, um, Gonzaga Family Haven, I mean, it really is almost like just adding another park in, in the Logan neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the property is going to be, um, state of the art. There's going to be a, there's 60,000 square feet of green space. Wow. There's going to be multiple parks, a splash pad, a community garden, wow. community wow. kitchen. And, and the whole idea is that, you know, we're providing, of course, those wraparound services that I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but also Gonzaga, prep and um, Gonzaga University students are going to be embedded volunteers there. So it's going to be long-term projects um, that we're going to be working on be, to support that community. And did you say you were uh, volunteers from Gonzaga prep? Mm-hmm. Is that, oh, yeah, that's, so, that's perfect. Yeah. So it's yeah. really, you know, just with the close proximity and it's really interesting, actually, there's um, where the, where it's built. So it's kind of, it's, it's built on the corner here and there's a building right here that faces um, the baseball field, actually. Mm-hmm. So like if you mm-hmm. live on that side of the building, you could like Look out and like oh, watch, watch baseball, baseball games. Oh, nice. We're actually going to have to build, um, I was told we're going to have to build a, a big net. Oh, so yeah. like foul balls Just, and yeah. stuff, yeah. we'll have to make I sure. I wish that existed when I was a kid. I literally lived three blocks from that yeah. from that spot. Um, I but think I, I think I've seen it being built down there. It's it's under construction right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, that used to be used to be a big vacant lot. I think yeah. it was like used to just be oh, extra extra parking. I know exactly. For like all that the we games purchased it from stuff. the city. Oh mm-hmm. wow, nice. Yeah, that's in like two blocks from 
deep prep. Yeah. Like, so or on a block. Like a, it's yeah, on like the campus. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, because I remember there's a lot of, you have to do, uh, people volunteer a lot in high school, so that's that lines up perfectly. But I, I also love the bottom-up format the way of the way you guys work because I think a lot of the issues in generally with people experiencing homelessness is it's the lack of a place to stay they're often struggling with substance abuse um, they can't get a job and then one of the worst things is that they get help until they're kind of on their feet and then they're dropped by a lot of these places which I think is cool that you guys allow them to potentially stay at those spots indefinitely Absolutely. Well, and we want to, you know, we want to support folks, you know, even after they're leaving our program. So, mm -hmm. for example, St. Margaret's Shelter, which is a uh, transitional shelter for families. So the House of Charity is an emergency shelter. It's, you know, you check in each night, whereas St. Margaret's Shelter, um, you it's a, a longer term stay, depending on the family. Mm -hmm. And they're assigned case managers and they work with those case managers. And it's it's not, um, you know, Catholic Charities really we're we're not a savior here yeah. you know people know what's best for them and for their families and so we really are walking alongside them mm -hmm. empowering them and providing them with resources that they can move forward in their lives um but um, at St. Margaret's Shelter, you know, we keep in touch with our alumni and the alumni can still come and access the food pantry that we have there. And we have like a little shop um, at the bottom. It's called The Pearl. And so it has, you know, um, it, it's it's set up very um, kind of like a little boutique. It's very cute that mm -hmm. people can come down and, you know, they're not they don't have to pay, but they can come down and get, you know, different clothes if maybe they have an interview. Yeah. And I think just that that dignity piece, yeah. you know, providing dignity to people. Mm -hmm. So that's not just, oh, what size are you? A size, you're a size eight and you need three three large shirts and you need two medium pants or, you know, whatever. And yeah. you're getting you're given a bag and just I hope, sure. you yeah. know, yeah. whereas here it's like, no, it's it's kind of it's providing that dignity piece and going down and picking out what you like and picking out, you know, what fits your personality and, and just, you know, giving giving people their humanity back. Yeah. What drove you to eventually decide to work with Catholic Charities? Um so I um I have worked for faith-based organizations and nonprofits throughout my career. I actually mm -hmm. um started out uh, teaching, so mm -hmm. I um I went to Gonzaga for undergrad and then I got a master's in teaching there and so my husband and I moved down to Arizona and I taught in a um Title 1 school there for several years and then I worked at a Catholic high school similar to okay. similar to prep um, down there and then when I moved up here I worked uh, for Gonzaga for a short time and then um, Catholic Charities just it just kind of came up and it just fit and it's been it's been wonderful sure. nice you said uh, Catholic Charities is a you said the, the, the phrase it's a housing first um, organization where you believe that housing really helps create that foundation for people which I think is yeah the way that is so helpful to people and I think is a, a great way to look at it. Is that something that's kind of been an evolving thing that you've seen? Um, or I mean, that you know, I guess, in your experience with Catholic Charities, is that like a newer or evolving kind of idea? Or is that something that Catholic Charities has always had in, in terms of their mission or their belief system and how they, um, or how you uh, implement your services? Well, and Housing First isn't unique to Catholic Charities. Sure, it's, yeah. you know, it's a uh, federal program but um, I think it's I think it's always been that way I mean in the last especially you know in the last 15 years or so I mean we've built I think Gonzaga Family Haven uh, don't quote me on this we have a great um, informational page on our website it's um, www.cceastern.com 
wa.org backslash GFH. Gonzaga family. <laughs> I know it's a lot. Um, we but can put that on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah. Um, but um, it, um, I think it's our, gosh, I want to say 12th tax credit property. So, I mean, we've been, you know, building these um, tax credit properties for, um, for many years now and so it's it's and it's it's successful i mean when we open new buildings the uh homeless point in time count goes down yeah for yeah. people experiencing chronic street homelessness so you know it's just something that you know we're going to continue to do and our ceo rob mccann always says you know we're going to continue building until every man woman and child has a place to sleep we're yeah, just going to continue which that's a daunting task in any oh, semi-big gosh, yeah. city i think i feel like the problem just gets bigger and bigger and i was speaking to somebody who was working at Sisters Haven, and she said since COVID, it's just been even more difficult to help anybody. Everybody's locked in their house. There's a lot of people with disabilities, a lot of people with substance abuse, a lot of people losing their jobs. Um, have you noticed any effects as of the start of the pandemic? Well, I think, I mean, of course. Yeah. And it's not just people that are you know living at the poverty line it's mm -hmm. everyone everyone yeah. has oh, been yeah. affected yeah. by this you know people who have good jobs and two-car garages i mean mm -hmm. and, and they're impacted we have especially in spokane right now just this insane skyrocketing um uh home market and so people that have you know double income and good credit mm -hmm. and um are able to put down a large down payment are not able to purchase homes yeah. and so when when you have people um you know people that normally can can find homes and purchase homes when they're having a problem that just trickles down so yeah. those who are already struggling it's going to be 10 times worse yeah. um and i think just you know mental health i mean for for everyone mm -hmm. you know this has just been such an incredible year and so you know it's it's been it's been difficult on on everyone I think and you know especially uh, folks who who were struggling beforehand and so we're really trying to make a, a coordinated effort to to reach everyone and to make sure that they have their the supports that they need at this time so what does somebody do if they are a person experiencing homelessness what is the first step in contacting Catholic Charities and trying to take uh, take advantage of the services you guys offer sure so um, you know, of course, as I mentioned before, the House of Charity are low barrier shelters. So mm -hmm. anyone, any condition can always come there as long as they are respecting the staff, other clients mm -hmm. and themselves. Um, so there's basically two ways that you can um, enter into affordable housing um, in Spokane. So we have the Homeless Family Coordinated Assessment, HFCA, which is operated by Catholic Charities. And basically it's a triage of support and um, um, to move into housing and then actually snap runs the one for individuals yeah and so individuals experiencing homelessness you know hopefully we could connect with them you know at the house of charity with one of our case managers and be able mm -hmm. to refer them to snap who would then help them with their next steps yeah and snap is also helping people with like first-time homebuyer programs and whatnot you guys do you guys just kind of coordinate with that at all? Yeah, you know, we actually we don't have a, a home buying mm -hmm. um, a home buying program, but again, one of those opportunities to refer out to yeah. you know a and great I think partner. We've talked about how that's kind of one of the main issues is the barrier to entry to even purchase a house. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is it's like the whole credit situation, the uh, income, which most people are making minimum wage in any given city, um, and so. Yeah, it's frustrating because for some people, it's 
it's almost easier to just rely on the government and i think what there is is there's a little bit of like this um like worry of people who get services is that if like all of a sudden that if they do too well or if if something if they at any point when they try and get on their own feet that the bottom's going to kind of drop out from under them there's no um kind of like safety net yeah yeah and i think um you know we talk about um home buying because that's something that like you know we are kind of looking at at this point in our lives but even when even renting like i'm still a renter you know and so is tony and Mm -hmm. um like even like getting into a house when you rent or when we lived in seattle when you're trying to get a new place it's like all of a sudden you've got to come up with three thousand dollars to like you know first you know last and like security deposit to get into a place and that leap from i don't know I don't, I don't know how much you guys deal with the transition from like the services and support to people going on their own but it's such a big leap especially if you're someone who struggles and um personally i i always feel like there's nobody that really taught me how to be like a member of society or like how to work the system in a in a in a very uh, effective way and it's something that I've had to stumble through in my life and um, I've always you know worked mostly minimum wage jobs in my family everybody works two jobs just to like keep everything going and um, I just consider myself very lucky that I haven't just like had you know lost a job or not been able to get a place it always seems like it's kind of worked out but it's always felt, felt like it's always kind of teetering on the edge I get nervous about having to maybe apply for services or programs to, to support me because I don't know if I'm the right person or if I'm the person that is you know, the target population for services necessarily. If you are somebody who finds yourself in a situation where you need those services, um, I imagine that it's very hard to get out of that cycle or like find like the confidence and, you know, probably the worry. I don't, I don't know how much you've, you experience this um, in your position, but um, of transitioning to being on your own. And I think that's why Tony is saying that it's so beneficial for a program to like kind of support you out and like get those steps and show you the way, because I feel like there's so much in our society where the way isn't really shown to us at all. And we're kind of on our own. And I think that's a very scary prospect for people, especially people who are struggling. So what are so just more clearly, I know you've kind of spoke to it a little bit already, but um, what are the goals for Catholic charities in terms of the population you serve and for the community as a whole. Um, Cause I know that a lot of services like you try, you know, you guys are serving the people who are most in need. Right. And you just want to be there to support those people. But um, how do you see your um, mission in terms of the broader society and community that you work with? Sure. Well, I think, you know, that's a difficult question because we have so many programs that are mm-hmm. serving different purposes. Um, and I think at the end of the day, we just really want to be an organization that people can always call and always come to and we can think of creative ways to, you know, uh, walk alongside them as they solve those problems. So, you know, we have an emergency assistance program that's just operated out of our um, downtown main office. It's the only actual service that's operated out of that office. Um, But folks come in for a lot of different reasons. I mean, sometimes people come in and, um, you know, I've seen People come in that maybe have had a family, and again, this is all pre-COVID, but have had, you know, maybe a family member pass away and they really, you know, need to get to the funeral, but they just don't have those resources, but they can come up with, with half 
Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we sometimes have resources to to help them and to support them in you know wow. in doing that. Okay. We actually had um, we had a pharmacist actually come to us, and he um, you know had experienced some personal things, and he was ready to get back to work, but he didn't have the money to get his pharmacy license back. Wow. And so you know help you know being able to help with that or you know folks come in and they need a winter jacket and we have you know a small kind of clothing room there that we can you know provide jackets or warm clothes or people need a hygiene kit we're trying to meet people where they are i mean spokane is is constantly changing we have huge Mm -hmm. growth and so with that come wonderful opportunities and and also um you know some more challenges and so we really want to just be um an organization that can um that can support people with with whatever they may need and you know it's it's not just affordable housing or just you know the house of charity i mean the house of charity is really a last stop you know Mm -hmm. um we're trying to swim further upstream to you know break those cycles of intergenerational poverty to make sure that you know people have other options so you know at our childbirth and parenting assistance program we are working with uh parents who maybe didn't experience you know, didn't have the the best upbringing. They didn't have Mm -hmm. the greatest relationships with their family. They're not quite sure how to connect with their children and to create those, you know, positive connections with them. So we have what we call the, um, it's called the Circle of Security Parenting Courses, Mm -hmm. which is based on attachment theory. And so helping parents, um, you know, helping parents connect with their children and and create those those positive relationships you know, those positive experience, positive memories and, you know, childhood trauma, um, adverse childhood experiences. It's an acronym. It's called ACEs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you've heard of it, but, um, you know, that when, when, when children experience trauma and live in poverty, they are more likely to become adults who experience yeah. trauma and live in poverty. So if we're swimming further upstream with that, or, you know, maybe being able to, um, help with our, you know, our, we have a landlord liaison program that works with landlords and our, and our, you know, our clients are their tenants, you know, and helps them, you know, come to, you know, come to understandings if there might be some miscommunication about rent or about, you know, different, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever may be going on. We want to keep people housed, you know, so there's all of these other little programs. And so, you know, I say we have 16 programs, but I mean, if I were to draw like a tree, I mean, I would take up your whole wall here yeah. of like, yeah. oh, and then Food for All also has the welcoming table and the kernel and, yeah. um, you know, um, senior meals and early childhood um, uh, meal preps. And so there's all of these like kind of offshoot projects throughout all of our programs and to make sure that we're meeting those needs. It's interesting because you guys do so much and there are other organizations fairly similar to you guys, but does it? Do you ever get a little disheartened because it's like it almost feels like patchwork in terms of the ever-growing problem? And it almost ma- I, I get a little frustrated at the government because, I mean, as a whole, we pay so many taxes, but we still have such a huge growing prob- uh, drug abuse problem, mental health, homelessness. And I think we had spoken on the phone about um, how, do, how do you guys handle situations in terms of drug abuse? I don't think you guys have a rehab facility, but I think you have a program uh, that concerns drug addicts with children, possibly. Sure. So our Rising Strong program is um, basically when parents are at risk of losing their children um, due to substance abuse, Mm -hmm. um, they can... um, uh, choose to enter the Rising Strong program. And so basically what the Rising Strong program is, instead of separating the children, um, you know, which causes those 
cases that yeah, I right. have yeah. talked to you about and, and, and more trauma. It keeps the family together on site, 24 seven um, facility. You know, we, um, we work with, you know, we work with the individual, you know, so a lot of times it's families that come in. So we'll do individual counseling for the parents and then individual counseling for the children and then family, family counseling. And they do classes all day about, you know, yeah. um, uh, you know, the counseling, of course, and then um, they're all focused on their individual plan for um, substance abuse. And so that's outsourced. We work with a lot of different community partners with that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's really, you know, it's keeping families together and it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, You know, we've, we've spoken to, you know, quite a few families out there and just, you know, the, the trauma that they've all experienced as a family, but then being able to, to be together and being in a, in a safe environment um, that they can bond with their children. We bring the circle of security parenting um, class and instructors out there. So as I mentioned, you know, trying to, um, yeah. you know, connect people with multiple resources within Catholic charities. Um, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, you know, parents, um, you know, the, the love that you have for your children is, is just so deep. And, Sometimes you know, when it's the only incentive to even get clean, I know it is with my sister. When we, when I spoke to her, she said the rising strong program was, the number one thing she wants. She's still struggling, but she said that's the number one program she wanted to get involved with. I think because you guys have programs that you can turn to after you get out of that. Is that true? They provide housing and whatnot. Afterwards? Yeah. So they, you'll, you'll be, um, you know, and every situation is different. So I don't mm-hmm. want to say something and, and yeah. be an absolute, but, um, you know, definitely work to, to get people housing afterwards. I mean, it, there's no point in going through this 12 to 18 month program yeah. and then, where do you go? Yeah, do you go right. back to old friends yeah, that right. maybe might That's, not be the best? Yeah. No, we want to, you know, we want to connect them. I actually met with um, uh, a family at Pope Francis Haven last week. Um, and uh, she actually had finished the Rising Strong program in, in 12 months, which is, I mean, she yeah. is, That's it's, u- it's usually a bit, it's usually a bit yeah. longer. It's a 12 oh, to 18 month okay. program. I was going to say 12 months, months is pretty no it's, it's heroic yeah, I mean, of course it is i mean yeah, that's a huge yeah, yeah, accomplishment yeah. um you know because that is you know um it is a um, a sober environment and yeah. and that is um you know a, a requirement um but it was really it was it was really amazing i met with her um on um uh, last week as i mentioned and she entered the rising strong program um last year and then to the day um, you know, signed her lease for Pope Francis Haven, oh, which is wow. our family property, um, 75 unit, 72 mm-hmm. unit property for families, um, affordable housing for families out in the Valley. Um, and nice. so just That's hearing her amazing. story and just, yeah. you know, she was just, you know, she, re- she said she, this is her second, this is her second chance to be a family. Yeah. And she said her and her boyfriend both, you know, really, really worked the program and, you know, wanted wanted this wanted a new life and her um her boyfriend has a job now and she has um two sweet cute little girls and at Pope Francis Haven where we were talking it was really funny because there's like um um an indoor playground and so the little four-year-old girl was just like running around like having the best time and then she has I think 14 month old so she wasn't really walking I was kind of crawling everywhere and just like just watching this and watching her just light up when she talked about her family and her children and it's like gosh that's you know hearing stories like that and, and, and talking to people, I think that that's the biggest thing. It's like, everybody has a story. We can make so many judgments just by looking at someone when we drive, you know, under 
the Brown Street Bridge. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we can have so many assumptions about people and about, you know, this is why they're this way and they should be able to do this and they should be able to do that. And, you know, we don't live in... In their world. Well, we don't live in their world and we also yeah. don't live in, you know, an equitable... Um, world, you know, people have different uh, have different privileges and are uh, born into families that have different resources than others, and you know, people, you know, they'll just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I mean, that's not that's not a real thing, yeah, and you know, possible for everybody. It's not. <laughs> yeah. It's not. Um, and so, I think that we really, you know, need to be mindful of that and just remember that, you know, these are people. Mm-hmm. They're people, and they have stories, and they have lives, and they have families, and um, you know, just, just remember that as, as people yeah. are thinking that this is ruining our city. I mean, what we need to get to the root causes. I think before you make a judgment, you know, whether it's about a person or about an organization and what you think they may be doing or yeah. enabling people. I mean, there was a, you know, a lot of folks say, well, you know, Catholic charities is just, you know, they're just warehousing people. Mm, and I have heard, yeah yeah that's you know, one of the tropes that people throw sure, around. Sure, and yeah. it's like we you know it's we're, we're just giving people keys to an apartment that have yeah. experienced. So in our downtown properties, I just got this number um, last week actually. In our downtown properties, so Buterhaven, the Merrilee, Schweitzer Haven, Jacqueline Haven, Dots Anson Haven, um, which are by the way only 250 units out of the 9,100 apartments that are downtown so to say that catholic charities (laughs) is like overcoming i mean let's you know let's look at the numbers um but um on average people had experienced homelessness for 5.7 years yeah um and so to say that we're just giving keys to somebody and just saying like good luck Mm -hmm. i mean that's that's ridiculous of course we're not doing that you know we are i mean not only are we providing those wraparound services that i mentioned but we're helping them create a home so when people move into our buildings they have a welcome basket and they have sheets and they have bedding yeah. and they have dishes Dignity. and they have a shower curtain. <laughs> How are you going to take a shower in right. your new apartment yeah. if you don't have a shower curtain? It's going to get wet and then there's going to be a whole mess and it's <laughs> yeah. a whole thing. So it's like even these these little things that we don't think about, but just a shower curtain mm-hmm. and people's ability to walk into their home, yeah. their home that they could stay in if they want to. And some people do and some people move on. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be able to close the door, to have that privacy, you know, to cook a meal in your home, to sit and to watch a show yeah. um, or read a book. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, that's really what we're and trying those, to create. The housing program, it's typically income based, right? So depending on if, if you don't, if you're unemployed, at least at Sisters Havens, I know it was if you're unemployed, it's rent free. And then depending on how much you make, uh, it goes up by a certain percentage. It, it varies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And how do people typically, if they want to... Um, either become part of the community or donate or support Catholic charities? Are there any, what what avenues would you suggest? Sure. So there are a lot of ways to get involved with Catholic charities. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, donations, we always take in-kind yeah. donations. Um, we have on our website, we kind of have a wish list section that has kind of items that are programs are in need of at this time. And right now, COVID times, we have a contactless bin um, in front of our main office at 12 East 5th Avenue that people can can drop items. I mean, we take non-perishable food and, um, you know, clothing, house, small household items, mm-hmm. all of those types of things. Um, and of course, um, monetary donations, yeah. um, you know, is, is a, it makes a huge impact on our organization and, you know, the, our ability to, to serve those 74,000 people each year. I mean, there's so many different ways and, um, you know, Catholic Charities is really a yes organization. We say yes a lot of times and then we're like, mm-hmm. okay, 
Now, how do we, let's figure out <laughs> yeah. how, how, yeah, yeah. how we do this. Gotcha. Nice. There's a lot of the cool. people that work and do work at Catholic Charities. Is a bulk of it volunteers or is there, is it mostly people that are staffed at Catholic Charities or? So we have um, pre-COVID times again, we have mm-hmm. 375 mm-hmm. employees and 6,000 volunteers. Wow. Oh so we God. really yeah. could yeah. not do our work without right. the yeah. amazing support yeah. of the community. Okay. That's amazing. Wow. And um, yeah, I was talking about all that. Um, it's making me think, so Tony was saying earlier how sometimes it's just the, the issues that we encounter in our city and our community can really be daunting when you kind of zoom out and look at the big picture of like, what can we do? And is this ever a problem that can be solved? And when you were just talking about specific stories, it was making me think of like my experience working with kids and doing like community work. And like when you're in it, like when you're really in it, it really is about every single individual person you can help. And it's like, you can't, you can't really like let that all kind of get to you when you're like, just there with that kid or that person or that family that needs your help. And like, it takes, it's kind of all consuming. And I don't know, it's kind of just that idea of like, again, of like the dignity of the individual and how each person is just so like, is a whole world unto themselves. Right. And every bit you can do is definitely just a huge win. Right. And I think. Well, that has um, ripple effects too. If you, especially in terms of the woman who has children, you're saving those children from a life of, basically everything that she went through. Well, Um, we really didn't save her. I mean, she did the work, right? right. We provided an opportunity and a resource through Rising Strong, and Mm -hmm. she made that happen. I mean, as you mentioned, 12 months, whoa, what a feat, right? Um, But, I mean, she did that, and, you know, she put in that effort to work with a case manager, and really, you know, we're just, we're walking alongside. We are not walking in front. We're not saving anyone. We are empowering them to make um, d- just t- providing resources. Um, I feel like there's some religious metaphors that you could throw in there. <laughs> walking <laughs> along, Jesus walking yeah. alongside. Well, like. I mean, it's <laughs> no. I mean, it's really so. You know, we're not. We're we are not the saviors. Yeah. And you know, people make these changes, and when when people make these changes, they're lasting changes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if you you know, if someone really has to to find it within themselves to um, to move forward, and once they make that decision. If they don't have the resources to do that, then how do they do that? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it, it makes me think so much about working with kids and that you can like tell a kid and basically train a kid to do something, but it's so much different when you see that kid have that spark of like, this makes sense to me now and this is what I want to do. And this is like, that's when you see those changes, it's really just, it's just magical and, and in a very different way. And I think, um, yeah, it goes, it just, a lot of it goes to, you know, the problems that we see, and I think that's why people criticize, like, you know, are you just doing, you know, the treating the symptoms and all these things? And we, I think, I don't know, it's it's tough to say if we see these problems and these there's just more and more problems growing, or if, um, like, you guys are doing so many different services and so many different things. And what it really sounds like to me is that, you know, there's this evolving idea of, of the services people provide, and that it's not just that there's more and more to do, it's that we, there are just more and more ways we can tackle it right because it's not just about yeah giving this person a home or feeding this person or like giving them some sort of um you know particular need it's about finding where the causes are and going like you said upstream and figuring out where in our society like these real issues lie and that's where there's more and more work to be done um because of um because of just our, our understanding has changed of the, of the issues at hand and not I mean, we, I definitely think, you know, when, with a city like Spokane and it's growing and, you know, we definitely lived in Seattle for a while and you see the issues that have already like grown to such a point 
when our understanding was less. I, I always hope that in a place like Spokane, as a city grows, that we can kind of get ahead of those issues and hopefully our, our new understanding can affect the way we, we interact with them. Um, well, and I think it's about, um, you know, creating, um, creating those opportunities that's not, you know, that's, that you mentioned, that's providing a home that people can then move forward with their lives. But it is also meeting those immediate needs oh, and sure, you know, providing a bed mm-hmm. for someone to sleep in and, yeah. you know, providing a shower and, um, you know, a, a, a locker, a safe mm-hmm. place to store your things. Um, and, you know, those those little little pieces that, you know, I think so often, you know, are taken for granted, um, you know, it's really important. And, you know, having a having a cup of coffee in the morning, yeah. um, you know, again, pre-COVID times um, at the House of Charity, you know, we serve breakfast every morning and, you know, folks can come and get a hot cup of coffee. I mean, people that stay at the House of Charity are people. Yeah. And I mean, I can't function in the morning without a cup of coffee. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I can't, right. you know. And so, you know, just providing a space, providing a, a space that people can can be treated with respect, mm-hmm. be treated as a person, yeah. um, you know, and and that, that goes a long way. A cup of coffee goes a long way. Yeah, I think it's all those little things that we don't realize that make human life and human existence just like yeah. so much more meaningful. And you're, yeah, it's hard to live your life with all, all the little things. Everybody has their little things that like can just give them life and get them going. And it's something as insignificant, you know, to other people, it might seem as insignificant as just a cup of coffee, but it like, it might be, what you need or mm-hmm. you know that again like that private space or just that little bit of dignity where you feel like you're making a choice on your own and not being told what to do yeah. coffee or tea i mean like, we'll just we'll <laughs> sure. make that really set like yeah. who can Fair really enough. wake up without coffee or tea <laughs> yeah. yeah um one thing though is at least from my own personal experience with my sister she was homeless for quite a few years um, along with my brother um but we have a large family and so it, they weren't homeless in the sense that you would think where they have nowhere to go and nobody to turn to in, t- in terms of, you know, who they could. It's surprising to see how many people who are currently experiencing homelessness aren't, are, are more so there because of their substance abuse than any uh, lack of any place to turn. Because in terms of my sister, she had, I have nine, ten aunts and uncles, She and she could have stayed with any one of us, but both of my siblings were choosing to stay on the street because of um, their substance abuse, abuse, which is really frustrating. Um, are, are typically the places that people can turn to, are they sober living areas? Because um, I know that kind of causes some issues in some aspects. Well, and I think it's, it's as you mentioned earlier, right, it's a combination of things. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, there's mental health um, challenges, there's substance use challenges. And I think that if, you know, if someone is in the throes of addiction, yeah. be able to pull yourself out yeah. of that. I mean, I, I can only imagine how hard yeah. that is. One of the most difficult things. Yeah. What was that? It was, it's one of the most difficult things. Yeah. So, you know, being able is, so I think that, you know, where does the line, where's the line drawn when it's your choice then, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, yeah. and kind of just, um, you know, experiencing that in that moment. And I think that, you know, you really hit another really great point is, you know, um, what does homelessness mean? Mm-hmm. You know, so often we just think about it as the people that are, um, you know, out on the street with a shopping cart. And yeah. that, you know, that individual might be experiencing chronic street homelessness. But I mean, in, in the same situation, like there's people that are, you know, sleeping on couches mm-hmm. or sleeping in their car, families sleeping mm-hmm. in their car. I mean, it's, it's, 
it's so, um, there's so many different ways to look at it. And there's, you know, again, a very complex spider web of, of challenges and issues. And I think that um, at the end of the day, you know, our community needs, you know, more affordable housing and more mental health resources and more substance abuse resources, yeah. you know, that folks can, that folks can turn to for help. Yeah, it's making me think when you when you're saying that, Tony. Um, just like I think I think it's easy for a lot of people when they hear something a story like that, and they look at a fact, a small fact of like they you know they they quote unquote choose to be homeless mm-hmm. um, because um, because of their substance abuse and their unwillingness to give that up. And I think um, I think it's easy for people to write write, write folks off yeah. like and be like, well, if that's their choice, then they don't really deserve like anything. I think yeah. I think that's how some people think, and I think. The idea of like coming at it from this like this person is struggling with something else which is causing so many ripples in their life and what they still need is that love and support mm-hmm. even though you know you have to you have to have some faith that like in somewhere like that's not the life they want to be living oh with. no i and don't that, think it's and, the life for that anybody wants to be living yeah well and i think too that you know there's sometimes i think there's not a lot of hope yeah. You know, and so at House of Charity, um, you know, we like to say that we hold the hope for people, yeah. you know, so regardless of your condition. So there's, you know, our regional shelter system has, you know, different options and um, and places for people to go. So as I mentioned, the House of Charity is low barrier. So anyone mm-hmm. in any condition. So um, we accept everyone as long as you're you're treating people with respect. You're, yeah. You know, you're not we don't allow drugs or alcohol at the House of Charity. Mm-hmm. Um, but if somebody, you know, has been able to, to pull themselves out of that addiction and they need, you know, they're still experiencing homelessness and they need somewhere to go, there's other shelters that do require sobriety Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and those are important yeah. and those places are important for, for people. Um, and so it really just kind of depends on, you know, it depends on the person, it depends on their experience, the journey. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it's not just Catholic charities, it's, mm-hmm. it's many other organizations that are, that are supporting folks too. So lots yeah. of different ways that people can you know, move forward if, if, you know, they need to be in a, in a different environment. Um, just as a kind of a separate question, um, you mentioned how the, the national Catholic charities organization does a lot of lobbying in, in DC. Um, is there anything locally that's kind of to that effect? Is there, or is there anything that Catholic charities, um, tries to get the, the local community or government to allow, or what kind of lobbying like is, does Catholic charities on the national or local level um, need to be done like is it just an awareness type thing or is it like a policy type thing or is it a like, I don't know zoning type thing or is, is it like what kind of work is that what in, in terms of that interaction with the local government or sure so we are non-political sure um <laughs> but um you know uh Catholic Charities USA I mean there's a lot of you know housing policies immigration reform um you know um I think it really on every on every program that we're serving and every uh, service that we're offering, you know, we want to make sure that that people know why we're doing it. So, of course, we do awareness campaigns and we, you know, work very closely with uh, the city of Spokane and, mm-hmm. you know, talk about the, you know, the challenges and the the, the services that we're offering to, you know, to just really um, bring awareness to that. Because, again, there's a lot of misconceptions about, you know, what we do and, and why we do it. And so, um, you know, just trying to... Um, just trying to clear those types of things up. So we actually have... Um, a uh, 
a packet. Um, it's called um, hard questions and maybe it's tough questions. I can't remember exactly the term. I should know I wrote it, but um, <laughs> it's um, basically it's hard questions um, and answers about chronic street homelessness in Spokane. And it's this, you know, 15 page packet that's talking about, you know, these common questions like, um, you know, are we enabling people? Hmm. And, you know, um, does, um, you know, how is Catholic Charities serving? What's our housing program like? And so it's answering these, you know, very common questions that we're, um, that we're getting. And I think there's a lot of great information on that. So I can send you a copy of that. Okay. Yeah, totally. Do you find people are very like skeptical of the, the mission that you guys have or it, it, like, what is the, the need for that sort of packet to even come from? Like, sure. Well, I think that you get, there's a lot of misconception out there, okay. you know, um, and there's, um, you know, a lot of vilification of the homeless that, mm. you know, people experiencing homelessness are criminals. And, mm-hmm. exactly. you know, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of times they, they are vulnerable people and they're targeted and preyed upon by criminals. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, if, if, if someone's committing a crime, I mean, they should be engaged by law enforcement yeah. um, regardless, you know, so, um, you know, we, uh, we work with, um, you know, the, the police department, the fire department we have for many years, our first responders are, you know, they, they go to the house of charity and, um, you know, they work with our, with our clients. And so, um, you know, it's important to, it's important to have the, you know, to, um, to just bring more awareness and to talk about those, um, you know, what we're actually doing and, and why we're doing it, I think. Well, we're very grateful for all the services you guys provide. Um, yeah, I think. You're one of the saving graces of Spokane with our growing substance abuse and mental health and um, problems concerning homelessness. Um, I think we can probably do closing statements. Sure. Um, I don't know if there's anything you want to say. Um, I guess if you want to just uh, let us know again how people can reach out, how they can volunteer, how they can access these services and whatnot. Sure. Um, well, I think that our website provides um, a great resource for not only our programs, but ways that folks can get involved. So, um, you know, people can, um, again, once COVID restrictions are changed Mm. a little bit, you know, our volunteering programs are going to open. Can you Um, volunteer if you're vaccinated? Yes. Yes, we are requiring vaccinations for our volunteers. and, um, you know, we, you can host a donation drive, you know, if you're not, you know, if, if you're, um, uh, if you're at, if going back to the office and you want to do a team building thing, you know, reaching out to us and saying, Hey, we want to do a donation drive. What do you need? Or what can yeah. we support? Or, you know, just if you're spring cleaning and you find, um, clothes and, you know, maybe some gently used children's toys, you know, mm-hmm. we, um, accept all donations. And so, um, you know, we're just, as I mentioned earlier, just very thankful for this community. Uh, yeah. we've, especially over the last year, I mean, we've, went through, I mean, as everyone else, I mean, there were a lot of changes and a lot of immediate needs. And so we really um, couldn't have done that without the support of our volunteers, our community members, donors. Um, you know, we're very grateful to to be in this community. Nice. Do you have any closing statements? Um, no, I just want to thank you for coming yeah. and talking to us. So slowly really appreciate folks, it. Just trying to, we're just trying to do our thing here. And, you know, we wanted to have you on, you know, to kind of like understand more what you do and um, also kind of talk about the good that's in the community and the good that's try- people are trying to do out there. And um, I think just, yeah, like talk more about those misconceptions that might be out there and kind of s- make the discussion more nuanced, I think is kind of what we're going for. Um, 
um, I know that we're not we're nothing big, but we really appreciate you taking your time. And oh my gosh, of course, <laughs> no. And I think Thank you, so much. you know we we have to have these conversations, and um, we have to be able to talk with people that might have different opinions than us and we mm-hmm. have to be able to talk about that and and talk through those things and say okay well this is a these are community issues community yeah. challenges mm-hmm. and they're going to require community answers and community problem solving so we have to work together um to to solve these these challenges that are facing our community and i think we can yeah yeah i think what and i went i guess um, one thing that definitely from our conversation i think is that's just kind of kind of ex- enlightened me a little bit is just that kind of back and forth between this being able to look at this everybody as individuals right because people can look at other people as individuals and say kind of they're on their own right and but then there's also that community aspect of we all belong to this community and it's so we're so much affected by each other and the way we've set up our society um that there's definitely a way that we can be a community but still promote that individual um aspect to it which is like letting that person grow in whatever way they can with the support of everybody around them totally and you had a really great point we're all members of this community whether we have a home or not yeah oh yeah yeah and it's all we're all going to be experiencing things together you know so well thank you sarah awesome great (laughs) everybody at catholic charities and um if you want to learn how to participate uh we'll send a link we'll post a link to you guys and yeah we'll do all the things perfect great awesome